There seems, in government circles of people in positions of power, to actually do something to follow the three-step process of fire, ready, aim. Then steady your view, then finally find out what you're shooting at. Such practices are almost always the case, and the effect is the shots fired are worse than the problem. If you've been paying attention, that's the current goings-on. But I'm talking again about nutrition and the long-term costs to the thoughts and habits of nearly everyone who eats. The Culinary Libertarian Podcast, Episode 83. Welcome to the Culinary Libertarian Podcast, where the philosophy is free, but the food is on you. Hello, folks. Welcome to the podcast. Dan Reed here, the Culinary Libertarian. Happy to have you here. Happy to be here. Glide over to my podcast's page, culinarylibertarian.com slash podcasts. To find the archive of previous shows, show notes pages, and links to those shows' referenced items. Also on the podcast page, you'll see the small icons for the various social media platforms for the Culinary Libertarian, which include the Facebook link to Eating Liberty, my Facebook group, and the YouTube banner for my Culinary Libertarian page, which has some of my cooking videos and some more stuff. Also on the podcast page is the hyperlink for the support page. On that page, you'll find all the icons for the various podcatchers, which host the Culinary Libertarian podcast, my Patreon support tab, and the PayPal tab. While you are involuntarily holed up and want to find some real-world way to apply math and science and discipline to following steps, pick up my e-cookbook, Foolproof Muffins, recipes that work every time. Leave me your email address and then download the book or purchase the Kindle version off the support page. As we grow nearer to Mother's Day, think about a Mother's Day coffee mug from my mug store, Cranky Without Coffee. Click the banner on the support page to see the selection of Mother's Day mugs or something a bit more current or something a little sassy. I'm thinking about you, Karen. One more way, an easy way, to support the show is with a click of the mouse on your favorite podcatcher and leave a rating and a review. Those kinds of engagements help the algorithmic mice show the show to more people and that grows the audience. I've spoken on a few podcasts about nutrition, the errors of the government's MyPlate plan, as well as the failed and flawed science of Ansel Keys. It was the findings of Keys which started to shape the diets of Americans. It was the lobbying efforts of interested parties to continue the ruse and push and push more failed and flawed science to shape the diets the purchasing choices, and the doctor recommendations on the U.S. public. As I discussed a bit on the blog post on sodium, the science behind sodium and heart disease was flawed and that error was overlooked. The Keyes research and the following research was flawed to start with. One argument is Keyes had a hypothesis. He was intent to prove right and did so. 
That is, in part, the text of Nina Teichel's book, The Big Fat Surprise. I'll have links to that book as well as links to the fair few sites for the support I use, and those will be on the show notes page for today, culinarylibertarian.com slash 83. This episode is going to the deep end rapidly, and that's fairly unfamiliar waters to me, so I want to keep it in the realm of at least what I can support that I know. I want to touch on cholesterol, nutrition, and my plate information, and eggs and fat, but maybe not in that order. The first key point to remember, more than the details, is simple. Garbage in is garbage in. If your diet consists of orange juice and toast and cereal for breakfast, that's sugar and sugar and sugar. Remember back to the sugar and fat episode with biochemist Kyle Mamonis, and we recall excess sugar turns to fat, one of the very effects we mean to prevent. The idea for this episode came from an article I saw posted online entitled, The Glorious Return of the Egg. Why Uncle Sam is a Horrible Nutritionist, published in the online magazine The Week, published on February 12, 2015. Let's start with eggs. The issue of eggs, cholesterol, and heart disease is an overlapping issue. The main point of the article is that eggs were seen as foods to avoid for over 40 years. That opinion was based on a study done by the aforementioned Ansel Keys. He reached faulty conclusions to support his claim that saturated fat raised cholesterol, and that is what caused heart attacks. Keys' idea influenced and influences decisions about diet to this day. More studies are showing that the idea cholesterol eaten causes heart disease is false. The issue with eggs, of course, is the yolk. The white is nearly all protein, but that cholesterol. The American Heart Association and the FDA started recommending eating less cholesterol and saturated fats. Food producers started replacing saturated fats with polyunsaturated fats and sugars. Remember the popular Snackwell's cookies? No fat, but an incredible amount of sugar. People didn't get skinny eating cookies. (laughs) Go figure. But they didn't understand why. The human body is immensely and impressively complex. That no one in the 1950s knew then what we know now isn't a surprise. Perhaps we can overlook that they didn't recognize how important cholesterol is to the body. After all, the body makes it so it must need it. Dr. Zoe Harcomb has a website about health and writes in a punchy tone I quite enjoy. In her piece entitled, Cholesterol in Heart Disease, There is a Relationship, But It's Not What You Think, she writes, quote, It is virtually impossible to explain how vital cholesterol is to the human body. If you had no cholesterol in your body, you would be dead. End quote. No punches and a plain message. The article is well written and worth reading. I'll put a link to it on the show notes page. Uh, there's a bit of a rabbit hole on her blog site as well, and that's worth exploring. 
Orderin. The spoiler alert based on the title of the piece is Cholesterol Doesn't Cause Heart Disease. The dietary guidelines were introduced in the U.S. in, the, in 1977. The intent was to slim down and healthy up the American citizenry. Since that time, the quantities of processed foods and the processing in those foods has increased and, to a degree, that processing has invented food, I air quoted that, from chemicals. There's nothing to some of that stuff. I teased my kids that the plastic wrapper might be better for them than what's inside. The attempt to make Americans healthier has been an obvious failure. There's a lot of blame to go around. Lobbying groups for soybean oil, lobbying groups against butter, pharmaceutical companies keen on selling you pills to fix what was caused by eating the not food food, flour which was stripped of its nutrients, then enriched and fortified, and plant-based meat with ingredient lists of things you can't pick or pronounce all add to the nutritional debt of the American public. If this were an econ discussion, we'd be talking about gold and fiat currency. Gold is the whole foods. Fruit from trees and not the sauce. Whole grains and not the sterile, nutritionally void powders they are turned into. Meat from animals and not dinosaur-shaped, pressed, breaded hunks of frozen goo. The country's nutritional debt is from the want of easy-tasty meals at the expense of a sound dietary policy. This is a good place to pause. I do want to take up the saturated fat discussion and the people who make the decisions about what the dietary guidelines are for us in the U.S., but first... Let's take a moment out for a word about Earthbox Garden Systems. Grow food you can pick and pronounce in the Earthbox Growing System. I have them and have used them for several years. I've grown tomatoes and wax beans and green beans with ease. No weeds to worry about as the Earthbox System is a cleverly designed box which holds the water for the plants at the bottom and you place a plastic cover over the top to keep out the weeds. Only the plant comes through. Earthbox systems can be accessorized with trellises or a stronger support for your tomatoes, and they're on wheels so you can move them around. Check out the Amazon page with my link, culinarylibertarian.com earthbox, to find the perfect growing system for your space. Everything you need is included, Soil, fertilizer wheels, and the box, and watering tube. The system is easy to assemble, and you'll be planting seeds and harvesting real food in almost no time. CulinaryLibertarian.com slash earthbox to start your garden today. Click CulinaryLibertarian.com slash earthbox to start your garden today. That's CulinaryLibertarian.com slash earthbox. Now let's get back into the show. Health advocates recommend eating foods as close to nature as possible. That's pretty sensible and easy to grasp. An apple is superior to applesauce. Whole grains are better than commercially milled flour. Rendered animal fats and butter are superior to so-called vegetable oils. How we went wrong, and we did, as an eating public, go wrong, is another show. 
Remedying the issue is easy. Eat butter and lard and animal fats. That doesn't ring right, I know, but I think I can provide a strong case acknowledging that it is not a slam dunk. Let's start with the basics of nutrition. The three macronutrients are fat, carbs, and protein. Butter and lard are fats. Proteins, and nearly all plants really, are carbs and meat is protein. When we plan our menus, we may look at what quantities of each we have. A popular replacement to reduce fat was turkey bacon. It has nearly no fat. Since fat tastes good, they added sugar to attempt to make it palatable. Sugar is a carb. The macronutrients are sources of energy. Excess carbs and protein used respectively for energy and amino acids are stored as sugar in the liver. Excess sugar turns to fat. And that brings us to eating fat. Saturated fat. Most health websites still advise at least a mix of saturated and mono or polyunsaturated fats, citing the health benefits of lower saturated fat consumption. Admittedly, part of the problem is we can't look at it or see it. We have to rely on people who have tools and training to tell us what's happening. Add politics to that mix, and the rule of diet becomes sanctified and turns into a bit of a religion with devoted followers of divergent opinions and no shortage of passion for those positions. The website Nutrition Coalition has an article entitled Unbalanced, One-Sided Subcommittee on Dietary Fats, written by the Nutrition Coalition, and notes, quote, Last year, a group of mostly European scientists came out with the statement in the BMJ, the British Medical Journal, that, like the U.S. group, found no strong evidence to continue saturated fat restrictions. The accumulated evidence, as reviewed by all these scientists, strongly suggests that saturated fats have been unfairly targeted based on weak evidence and do not, according to more than a dozen large independent meta-analyses, have any effect on cardiovascular or total mortality, end quote. The idea that saturated fats are not public enemy number one is an alien idea to most of us. The keto folks get it. They are still viewed as outside of the mainstream opinion, but I think that opinion is starting to shift. Proponents of saturated fat consumption point out that the acids which make up saturated fats help boost the immune system and are vital for cell structure and hormone growth. Remember back to episode 14 with Kyle and his talk about polyunsaturated fats. I was chatting with Kyle as I was making notes for this episode, and he made a good observation that it is easier to argue the negative, don't eat that, eat this because the alternative is worse, than it is to argue the positive because the positive requires concrete evidence which either doesn't exist or is being suppressed because it goes against the narrative. What does exist in abundance is anecdotal evidence from people who have found health and better lives through the elimination of disease with high-fat, low-carb diets. Former two-time guest Jimmy Clegg of Keto AF is one such person. 
I want to touch on the MyPlate part and also mention uh, a bit about the group of people who decide for the country what is an allowable amount of fat in your diet. For those decisions do play into school lunch menus, hospital and nursing home menus, and the military menus. Uh, I mentioned before I've done an episode on MyPlate and the FDA and I'll add a link to that on the show notes page, libertarian.com slash 83. What is worth mentioning is how the decisions about how much and what kinds of fats and other macronutrients are acceptable are determined. The Dietary Guidelines Advisory Committee makes these decisions, especially about the fats. The Dietary Guidelines Advisory Committee consists of four people. Four. Four people decide for 320 million what is the allowable percentage of fat and what types of fat in the approved meal plan. The panel consists of one person fiercely opposed to saturated fats and one person with religious convictions precluding a diet high in saturated fats. That's hardly egalitarian or diverse. From the same article mentioned earlier from Nutrition Coalition, quote, the caps on these fats are important because they determine whether butter, eggs, and regular meat could be liberated for greater consumption. These natural foods contain many nutrients that are essential for human health. Indeed, in the limited quantities in which these foods are currently allowed due to the saturated fat caps, the DGA, Dietary Guidelines for Americans, fails to meet nutritional adequacy goals for potassium, vitamin D, vitamin E, and choline. Further, the DGA would suffer even greater shortfalls in B vitamins and iron if it did not recommend 3-5 to five servings of refined grains per day because these grains, and not whole grains, are enriched and fortified. However, Refined grains are known to drive diabetes and obesity and also to be worse for cardiovascular health than saturated fats, according to the peer-reviewed literature. Thus, the current limits on saturated fats are causing unnecessary nutritional deficiencies, end quote. School lunch and nursing home dietary programs are setting up our kids and our elderly for nutritional debt. Nutritionally insufficient menus lead to health problems, and that leads to pills from doctors, which completes the cycle of life of government dependence. This is why the government is bad at nutrition, a one-size-fits-all approach that can only fail. I've not spoken about LDL and HDL in the cholesterol part on purpose because they are worth their own episode. What is known now compared to what was known just a few years ago is immense. Worth mentioning, however, is that LDL and HDL are not themselves cholesterol, but lipoproteins which carry cholesterol. There are six kinds of LDL, two of them good, four of them bad. I'll put a link, yes, another one, on the show's page from Dr. Paul Mason discussing this better than I can. That the science on this is not unified is a good thing. 
That means we are getting a lot of information, some of it done well, and some of it less so, but that amount of content and people we come to trust can steer us in the right direction, regardless of the topic, to get a better understanding for ourselves. Some of this diet stuff you can practice yourself and see what happens. I know for myself, I, I love, man, I love my sweets. I love my bread. I love my carbs. But if I eat too much sugar, I get really bad heartburn. If I eat too much carbs, I, I get a bloated feeling that lasts for a couple of days and it just, it doesn't, I don't feel top. I'm getting old, I don't feel top a lot, but I only feel even less top. So there are things that you can do and find that you don't need doctors for this. Make observations of your own self. How do you feel after you eat that versus this? And see if you can start noticing your own person feeling better after this or that. And this is, this is, this is data you can use that's relevant to you and nobody can tell you. You don't know what you're talking about, about how you feel. Some of my chat with Kyle led to the conclusion we've known forever, but we seem to ignore. Moderation. Regardless fat, protein, or carbs, too much is too much. All right, folks, that's going to do it. The show notes page is a bit crowded with links, but they are good links to useful articles. I'll also add some links to related episodes. There's a lot to go through, and you don't have to do it all at once, but it's worth checking out. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. Start your garden with the Earthbox system link in the show notes page and pick your foods. While you're waiting for your garden to grow, and your kiddos are making you crazy as you school from home, check out the Tuttle Twins books at culinarylibertarian.com slash Tuttle Twins. The Tuttle Twins books are excellent stories for young to early teen kids to read about and learn about money or kindness or education written in fun stories kids will understand, and the illustrations are spectacular. Check the website with my affiliate link, culinarylibertarian.com slash Twins to see how you can get the PDF workbooks for free. Have a good week, and I'll see you soon. Music for the Culinary Libertarian Podcast is provided by Matthew Bankert at mattbankert.com.